Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Kublup campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. Well, good morning. Good to be together. I woke up this morning and um, got a, a message from my sister that uh, in Johannesburg, my mom has, uh, she's in a retirement village and she and we'll buy them a gift. Um, And it just, when you see some of the messages that that, that the dad or mom writes, you know, the dad or mom in prison writing to this child, um, you know, just a little note, and then we get to buy the gift and able to deliver it to this child. It just creeps into your heart, you know, because this parent, whatever they did, um, obviously is paying the price uh, for whatever they did wrong, but, some, obviously, the kids suffer in the process. So I've got a, a list of 15 children here, and we need 15 gifts. And I'll, I'll tell you what they are, like uh, little Wade, who's 18 months, a little boy, uh, toys with sound uh, and music. So, I mean, it, it won't be more than 15 bucks or something like that. Little Montana, who's 12, uh, a little gift voucher, you know. Um, so if you, if you want to buy a gift for one of those kids... Uh, please see me afterwards and I'll put your name down and tell you what the gift is. And then we've got two weeks and you bring me the gift or the voucher, you know, and uh, we'll stick it together and then we'll go and do the delivery unless you want to do the delivery yourself. So please uh, feel free to do that. Um, this year we've only got 15 kids, so we want to, to do that and do that well. Well, it's December and it's the start uh, of the festive season. And uh, I don't know about you, but I, I don't have the feeling yet. <laughs> you know, if I think of how many uh, people have contact, contracted the, the coronavirus this year, it's hit over 64 million. Thank God, over 44 million have recovered. But just this week, we hit the 1.5 million deaths. It's, it's real. It's a reality. And so uh, as, we, as we try and work through that, I don't know anybody who uh, has passed away. I don't know anybody from, you know, that's family or, or very close friend that's passed away. But it seems quite uh, horrendous, you know, 1.5 million people. Um, and as, as we think about that, you know, how are we to experience the coming of the Lord? I'm reading this book called The Strong Man by uh, the author is Grant Edwards, and he is the strongman from 1996 to 1999. um, He was the strongest man in Australia. He participated, he became one of the 30 strongest men in the world. And uh, it tells of his life story, and I can't put this book down. I don't read it more than the Bible, but you know, it's some good uh, uh, bedtime reading. And it, it just tells of his story. And uh, there's a few pictures uh, of him and his family, you know, in, inside and how he picks up weights and pulls airplanes and things like that. And, and uh, you know, I want to do that one day. Too late now. But uh, it, it feels like I know Grant well. It really feels like that. He's just a couple of years older than me, uh, got more hair than me, sadly. But, you know, he, he is, he's a commander in the uh, police force, um, in the federal federal police, and and he's gone around the world and really uh, made an impact in people's lives. 
And it feels like I know Grant. This is the festive season. How do we begin to not feel as if we know the Lord Jesus Christ? But what's the truth? What's the reality of this festive season? Well, I want to try and paint a picture of the setting and the circumstances that Jesus came in. And I hope that that will help us to begin to, to think about this festive season, the first month, oh, the first week of December as we prepare ourselves for Christmas. The passage is Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for, the, for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Friends, if we look at the setting of these good tidings then you begin to see that it didn't come sort of uh, as a big announcement. You know, just this week, our premier made this big announcement, and it was in the middle of the day, or close to the middle of the day, where we were all attentive, where we were all kind of, what does he have to say? And then we spoke about it a little bit. But this, if you look at the time that this takes place, it's not in the peak of day, it's in the silent of the night. Hence that beautiful Christmas carol, Silent Night. You know, and, and so it's in that stillness of the light, while the stars are shining, that this message comes to the shepherds. While the moon is shining, this message comes. And it's a time where we can begin to contemplate the reality of Christmas. It's not just this announcement that happens, well, let's get on to the next task, let's get on to the next activity in our diary. No, it's a time to think about this beautiful occasion. To the pious mind, to the religious mind, it's a time to think about Christmas. If I look at the persons uh, that were uh, given this message, it wasn't to great people or, or great rulers. It comes to humble shepherds. It comes to people who may have been neglected. If you're a shepherd, you know, and you were the last uh, boy uh, that was born in the family, then, you know, we, we knew about you, but your job was to go and look after the sheep. 
and take care of yourself, by the way. And so shepherds were neglected. They weren't uh, these people who were uh, remembered. And folk, the word comes, the good tidings come to those who are humble and neglected many times. Those who are forgotten, the good news comes to them. To those who are outcasts, as it were. That's good news. That's good tidings. But also, you begin to see that these good tidings uh, don't just bring um, temporary relief, but there are eternal consequences to these tidings. In fact, we read about it uh, in uh, verse 10 that it's good news to those who are being neglected. And, and Luke tells us, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news. The word, um, some translations have good tidings, and that's all about, it's a good notification, it's a good report, it's good communication, it's good news. In fact, the word that's being used is the word evangelizo, which we get the English word evangelize. It's good news to the heart, and not only is it good news to the heart and brings a bit of relief now, but it has eternal ramifications. And so if you think about it late at night, you begin to realize, wow, although it's a busy time of the year, there are eternal consequences to the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the truth, you see. It's not just contemplation. It's not just this funny feeling and this kind of, you know, uh, uh, kind of a fuzzy feeling, if you like that brings this temporary relief. No, it has eternal benefits. No wonder the angel says, fear not. Fear not, because it's good news. The setting is important, but also the significance of those good tidings. And you you begin to see that that it's good news, great joy, uh, the angel says. It's great joy. And the word great then is the Greek word megas, which means mega. It's it's when you look at it, it's bigger, up, down, left, right, in every direction, in weight, in size. That's what that word means. It's mega joy. It's mega joy. And so the word joy is because of the occasion. And folk, we, we need to realize that, that, that we know that this festive season, we will be very happy because of the food, the chocolates, uh, the yummy food that we'll get, and all the rest, and the build-up to all these wonderful things. They bring happiness, but it's only Jesus Christ that brings joy. Let me say that again. The word chara has not got to do with happiness because many times our circumstances bring happiness, but our condition, the occasion of Christ dwelling within our hearts brings chara, joy. And it's connected to the word grace, chari. See grace, chari, Joy, chara, they're connected, same root word there. And as you begin to realize, because of what Jesus Christ did, came to dwell in a manger, fear not, it's good news to the heart. It's good news to the heart. Why is it good news? Well, because it's beneficial. You and I benefit eternally from that good news. It's so appropriate, because before the Lord uh, the law, L-A-W, brought condemnation. But this good news brings uh, liberation. It's personal and brings personal relationship if one recognizes Jesus Christ as Lord. But also it's very unexpected. Very unexpected. Who would have known that at this particular time a baby will be born 
and will bring so much salvation. And so there are so many privileges that you and I can benefit. And this good news comes to those shepherds and they recognize it and they see it. It's amazing how perhaps King Herod doesn't see it, but humble shepherds see it. Why? Because it's a message from God. It's a message of grace that brings great joy. And folk, as you know, the law in the Old Testament brought condemnation. It revealed sin. And that's what the law does. It's like looking in the mirror and seeing that your face is dirty. That's what the law does. Your bad news, your bad news, your bad news. Your face is dirty. It's called S-I-N. And as you realize the S-I-N, you're able to realize the dirt on your face, but you can go and get it washed. His name is Jesus. And so as this, uh, this good news gets revealed, the angel says to them, fear not. Fear not, it is good tidings. It's good tidings about the splendor of his majesty. And as you soak it in, deep, uh, taking it in at night, you begin to realize, wow, uh, the Savior is born. It's good news to uh, a thirsty heart. You know, as the deer pants forth the water brook, so my soul longs after you. And so our soul needs to long after this beautiful relationship of the birth of a child that came to set us free. It's very significant. But also, as you contemplate or think about the, the season, the occasion of this joy, of these good tidings, you begin to see that it is a fact that no longer will there ever be enmity. No longer will there ever be enmity between God and humanity. The mess that Adam and Eve made right in the beginning was reconciled through the Lord Jesus Christ. Never is humanity ever to face uh, this bad news ever again. No more war between God and humanity. Why? Because the birth of the Savior. And that brings about unity and union. In fact, the word kinonia is not just about union. It's about intimacy as its joint participation. As the Son of God comes and dwells among us, so we're able to be united to him. But also, it brings hope and comfort because those promises that were made throughout the Old Testament of somebody that would come, the Messiah, the Anointed One, who would come and set us free, has come. And that brings so much hope and fulfillment. Folks, it's depressing when somebody makes a promise, but they don't keep it. Uh, they go back on their promise, but, you know, things have changed no, the promises that were made by God in the Old Testament have come to fruition through Jesus Christ. They've come to absolute fruition, and they're fulfilled. Why? Because God cannot lie. But also, as we see, you know, it says in verse 11, that unto us is born this day a Savior, a Savior, uh, a deliverer. That's the word sotir, the Savior that, that will come and set us free. Never had God come through uh, himself personally to this earth. In the Old Testament, he's revealed maybe through thunderbolts. Remember with Elijah through fire. But this time he comes as the child of Bethlehem. We see him coming and dwelling among us. He comes as the deliverer in this beautiful uh, expression of love from the Father. And that 
his very presence is a guarantee of his grace to you and to me. So it is certainly the time of season to celebrate that. He comes as Savior, but also as Christ, as Christ. The word there, Christos, uh, means the anointed one, you know, the anointed one, the one that has the power to do a particular work. If I think of what Jesus Christ did, him being Lord and Savior, folk, it, it, um, it, it needed not an angel. It didn't need a good-looking person. It didn't need anybody less than the Son of God to pay the penalty for your sin and my sin. And as you begin to see that, you see and, and that, that chorus where, where God turns his face away. He turns his face away. Now, whatever that might mean, just basically saying that he had the power to take uh, Jesus off that cross and to allow 10,000 angels to come down and not allow the cross to take place. He had the power, but instead... For your sins and my sins, he goes and allows his son to go to not a good-looking cross, a painful, torturous cross for our salvation. If there was an angel, if it was anybody else, it would never have been enough. And so God comes and dwells among us. Boy, it's significant, and it's the reason for the season. But also, if you see who it comes to, to the society that this message comes to, to those who, who will receive these good tidings, it says in verse 10, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Unto you uh, is born this day the Savior. Unto each and every one of us that are sitting here today, that's good news. Because before it was bad news, that's what the Lord did, but now it is good news to you, the hearer. So when that angel comes and tells those shepherds, the hearers, that it's good news, they are able to respond. As they think about it, they respond because it's the truth. You and I are hearers of these good tidings, of these good notifications, this good news this morning. How will we respond it shall be to all people, the angel says. Firstly, to those shepherds, and then to all people. And the word people there, laos, your own people. And we know that from Acts chapter 1, when the Holy Spirit comes and dwells on those people in the upper room, on those disciples in the upper room, the, they're given the command to go and share this good news to evangelizo, to share these good tidings, first in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so it's for everybody who hears this good news about the Prince of Peace, the King who rules in righteousness. His name is Jesus. And as we go and we share the, the reality of, these, of this good news, we begin uh, to spread the good news about this Prince of Peace who comes and brings uh, perhaps chaos in some people's lives, but it brings at, and has eternal ramifications. And so we see the sign of these good tidings, the sign of, you know, not just, well, you know, you, you, you need to think about it. Friends, it's more than thinking about it. It's more than philosophical. It's more than this rationalism. No, it is a reality because he comes not at, as this pious, pompous, arrogant little spoiled brat 
The Bible says in verse 12 that he comes wrapped in swaddling clothes. And the word swaddling uh, means strips. He is wrapped uh, in strips of clothing. No pomp and ceremony. No major wealth in that time uh, in Bethlehem. And there is not even the remotest inclination of power. No major superstition. And as I said before, uh, and this uh, people struggle with, no philosophical um, trying to understand what's taking place. No, it took the greatest simplicity of a baby wrapped in strips of cloth to allow simple faith to respond to it. And so as you begin to think about what Jesus has done for you, it doesn't take a major step. You don't have to come up to his level because the only religion in the world where Jesus Christ, the Savior, comes off the mountain to us with every other religion, people have to climb up the mountain to get to their, uh, the one they worship. Here, the one we worship came down to us. John chapter 1 verse 14, and dwelt among us. The word there, Eskino said, he came and tabernacled among us so we could see him, so we could feel him, so we could understand him. Simple faith is what is required, not philosophy, because philosophy... <laughs> philosophy demands a claim and as you make that claim you need an argument and that argument must be acceptable relevant and based on good grounds how can that take place a virgin birth that doesn't make sense philosophy tries to make sense it cannot because you cannot argue it and as you begin to uh, understand the simplicity of christianity you respond in simple faith. It's amazing how that simple faith brings such a deep and lasting peace. Let me say that again. It's amazing how simple faith brings a deep and lasting peace. And that's the unspeakable joy that the angel is talking about there. It's good news of great joy. And so, in response to that, how do we respond do we submit to these good tidings? Do we come before uh, the Lord and say, Lord, I respond to you? Is it good news for you, the 6th of December, 2020? After a horrendous year in all aspects, do you submit to the uh, great good news of Jesus Christ? Has he answered the hole in your heart, the gap in your heart and in my heart? And are we able to rejoice? Because as you accept Christ, that joy makes sense. In fact, uh, Paul talks about it in Philippians where he says to the church in Philippi, rejoice in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. And so folk, it's, it's good news and uh, we respond uh, by submitting to this good news, knowing that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that brings about uh, the joy that's understood. We're about to have communion together. And uh, perhaps you want to slowly work your way on how to open this fancy contraption. And as we do that, I want to read you a story 
before we eat and drink of this communion cup together. If you've uh, taken the bread out, we'll eat and drink together. As you do that, let me read you the story and please grasp the amazing profundity of the story, the simple good news of the story. It goes like this. I read a story of a missionary team that had been invited to Russia to teach Christianity. It was Christmas time, and as they taught the story of Christ's birth at an orphanage, everyone listened in amazement. None of the kids or the staff had ever heard it before. One of the missionaries wrote, we gave the children some materials and instructed them to create the manger scene that they had just heard about. All went well until I got to the one table where little Misha, a little Russian boy, sat. He looked to be about six years old and had finished his project. As I looked at the little boy's manger, I was startled to see not one, but two babies in the manger. I called for a translator to ask why. Looking at his completed manger scene, the child began to repeat the story accurately until he, became, until he came to the part where Mary put baby Jesus in the manger. Then Misha started to ad lib his own ending to the story. A reminder that Misha was uh, in an orphanage. He said, and when Mary laid the baby in the manger, Jesus looked at me and asked me if I had a place to stay. I told him, I have no mom, I have no dad, so I don't have any place to stay. Then Jesus told me I could stay with him. So I got into the manger, and then Jesus looked at me, and he told me I could stay with him forever. Putting his hand over his face, Misha's head dropped to the table, and his shoulders shook as he sobbed and sobbed. For the first time in his life, he had found someone who would never abandon nor abuse him, someone who would stay with him forever. Now, friends, as we think about that, as frustrating as this Christmas season might become and be, standing in queues at shops, can't find parking to do whatever we need to do. But let me say this. There is a profound verse in the Gospel of Matthew, and it's Matthew eleven twenty-eight, which says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. At this festive season, the Lord Jesus from the manger looks up at your face and at my face, and he says, come. That word, thefter, come, is imperative language, which means come now. Come now. It's a command. Come now. All who are weary, who carry a heavy load, is what that word means. Those who are are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The word rest there, you will come and collect your strength from me. Isn't that profound? This festive season, it's good news, friends. It's good news. And it's even greater news that Jesus came 
and gave of his himself for you and for me. This piece of wafer means nothing if you don't know Jesus. But it's a sign, it's a symbol of his body given for you and for me to reconcile us back to himself. And it's with praise and adoration that we come and we eat of this bread. But even more amazing, not only have we been reconciled through his body, but we have the blood that was shed for the forgiveness of sins. So not only is the S-I-N done away with, but because of the blood of Jesus, we have the S-I-N-S. Our sins are forgiven as we come before him. That is not just good news. It's mega news. It's mega joy. I pray that as we eat and drink of this bread, that we will come and we will come now because that's the only place we will find rest. Let's pray together and then eat the bread and drink the juice. Lord, thank you for your body that was, Lord, given for us. Thank you for your blood that was shed on a cruel cross for the remission and forgiveness of our sins. Lord, I pray that, Lord, this festive season, we will not only know about this babe of Bethlehem, but we will almost metaphorically creep into the manger, knowing that we will never uh, be forgotten, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you for the truth of the good news. And as we eat and drink this bread and the juice, Lord, we thank you for all that you've done for us. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's eat and drink together. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.